0: You, my missing
1: puzzle
2: piece I'm
1: complete I was just getting- Sort of an 18. Tonight, we are duking it out with Feud, and I have two guests who are going to fight to the bitter end. No, they're not, but I'll let them introduce themselves.
0: <laughs> Hi, I'm Bethany, or B. I'm not that B on Tumblr.
2: And I am Amber, aka HeyJealousy09.
1: Hey, guys. Welcome to feud um we do we have a nice crew i should have brought people that like hate each other to be on it you know <laughs> that would have probably been harder for you well in the end that's true but okay so um this kind of sits between um girls and boys on film and guilty pleasures and i know it kind of is um Since there isn't really any clean in it, it gets a bad rap, but I don't think it's a bad episode as a whole. Oh, Oh, no, I don't think so either. It's a pretty good episode.
2: I think it's a pretty good episode for season four. Mm -hmm. I think if this episode was in any other season, I don't think I would enjoy it. Yep.
1: (laughs) So, well, there you go. All right, so (laughs) let's talk about the feuds that are in this particular episode because there are four-ish kind of um Uh the first big one um is will versus finn and in the previous episodes um finn out of for whatever reasoning kissed emma and emma was you know whatever it happened she's like get over it move on however finn wanted to Ease his conscience and he tells Will. And interestingly, the opening of this episode um starts not with the previously on Glee. It's actually this like, you know, dramatic music with the recap of <laughs> right. everything that's happened. <laughs> right. The Donna, Donna That <laughs> was my reenactment of it. Yeah. <laughs> so um so yeah. Um and um, so, Will, you know, it's it's kind of funny that it's it's called, it's like a feud between the two of them, whereas it's mostly just Will right. acting super immature. <laughs> super immature, like ridiculously
0: so.
2: Are we surprised, though? I mean,
0: maybe a little. He, he is an adult, if nothing else. Oh, my gosh. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I am a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think he gets a new level of low on this episode. Um yeah, so the, the seniors notice that you know it's Will has been passively aggressive aggressively passive aggressive, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um and making him, like, go back and get coffee. By the way, I just needed to interject. As somebody who works in a place that has a cafe, if you bought, like, ten mocha lattes or whatever, and then you made them all go back because they just, you know, it tasted like there was more mocha. Seriously, we would probably have a manager talk to you because that's... Right. <laughs> or there would be spit in your coffee. Like, yeah. there would be spit in your coffee. Like, that's just, that's just so petty. It's... Mm-hmm. Oh, God. It's probably the same with the dry cleaners. I've never even gone to a dry cleaners, but I assume if you uh, send dry cleaning bag like that, it'd just be nuts. And I not. I don't
2: think hurting Finn at that point. Like he's hurting mm-hmm. the employees of the places. Like you're exactly. You're hurting... right. then we win? Like the... Finn doesn't care. He'll run back to the <laughs> coffee shop. Who cares?
1: <laughs> right. Yep. And then, um, there also, there's the, uh, Will said something about Ryder being able to play a football, be a football star and sing, which is, uh, the final straw for Finn, because yeah. then he kicks over the music stand and can't right. take it, so.
2: The fake compliment thing. It's... Yes. It's <laughs> for Ryder, like, poor Ryder, like, it was a genuine compliment, it may have been a bit, little bit backhanded, but I mean... <laughs>
1: Exactly. So the seniors intervene, and this is uh, Blaine, Tina, and Artie who have noticed all this. And these, you know, it's kind of funny because, you know, each of these three have had their diva moments, as we've talked about in previous episodes, but they're just like, you know, we're done with this kind right. of fighting. So, and so that they set up the whole theme of the episode, which is musical feuds. <laughs> so, um, uh, go ahead. just still talking about Finn and Will though. I just want to. Uh, the thing that gets me is that Finn is trying to be the mature one. He's you know he Absolutely. talked to Will about Emma. He comes to him a little later and says, "Hey, maybe we can talk this out." And Will literally throws all of Finn's insecurities back in his face, and then lets him walk
0: out the door. Like he just lets him leave. And this is the last time that they have a real conversation before Finn passes away. Like that's, and I guess, and you know, it, that's not fair. Cause Will doesn't know that, but at the same time, like this is, that's the message that you're leaving with this kid. I mean, I guess they do have a little bit of a conversation when Finn goes yeah. to college or whatever, but still, you know what I mean? Like it's very, it really left a bad taste in my mouth when
1: I watched it today. Yeah. When I couldn't. I couldn't believe how petty it was. And the thing that I think bothered me the most is that he during the scene in the auditorium when Finn's like, let's talk this out. And Will's like, I'm going to just throw throw it all back at you.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Um, You know, he's like, how dare you kiss my fiance or whatever like that. It's like Emma is an object that he stole. Right. And I'm like, that's not fair, especially when Emma was like over it. And having her own issues. It's not the... Him, and, and even they made a point. They've gone out of their way to say that Emma, you know, being kissed by Finn was not why she left the altar. It's because right. of all these issues with him. So the fact that he, like, belittles the whole situation like that just because it really kind of annoys me. <laughs> and then if you get it into even more of a meta point,
0: then Finn turns around and does the same thing with Rachel. So, yeah. like, he's learning at Will's knee, and Will is setting this horrible example of treating these women like objects, and then Finn turns around and does the same thing to Rachel.
1: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this is, and, you know, and this whole, like, one of the subplots that, like, I try to ignore on the podcast, because it's not <laughs> usually a part of Carter Blaine's plot story, is the whole... Like be a man masculinity Mm -hmm. trope-ish thing and it's kind of frustrating that it just devolves to this kind of stuff and I understand I have to wonder that if it was they knew that Corey was going to be leaving
2: at -hmm. least for a little
1: while and this is the the way how they wanted to write him out but or I don't know I don't know if
0: they knew at this point though because he has that whole episode at Ohio State too true so I don't think they knew yet. Yeah, I,
2: don't, I don't know how much they filmed after he decided to go to rehab,
1: or maybe point, they because do... they did redo the lights out, didn't they?
2: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, and they may have known that there was a problem and kind of was preempting a little bit, but I don't know if Glee Riders think that far ahead.
1: Okay. Um, i I did make a note that it will says something about the bro code or something like that. Like you don't, that and I'm just like, no, 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 no. Right. <laughs> That's, but I, you know, and I give it, I hand it to, to Finn a bit because Will does lay a lot of things that are in a sense true. Like, you know, he took him in and let him be a teacher to like make him feel better because he was kind of going nowhere. But mm-hmm. at the same time, Will for the eighth hundredth time has taken off on the glee club
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, what do, I mean, he would have done it regardless of whether Finn was there or not. Right. So. And that doesn't negate, I mean, you know, whatever Will did, Finn
0: was there whenever the club really needed him. And exactly. needed him to f- figure out how to get them back on track. And Will didn't do that. So I think Will also has some insecurities there,
1: too. Oh, probably. That's a good point. Because, as Marley is going to say... You know, he held, Finn held the Glee Club together, not Will.
0: Yeah, so, absolutely.
1: Yeah. And we already know how petty and Will is,
0: so I would imagine he's had some major insecurities from that.
1: Exactly. Um, let's take a second and talk about um, the mashup that they do. Because I think all the <laughs> mashups in this episode are, are fairly interesting. Yeah. Um it is Backstreet Boys versus InSync, uh, but I have to say Will's original idea was Biggie versus Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> so let's take a second to think about what could have been if Will <laughs> finished. The kids don't like when I rap. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, But yeah, so we get these two, you know, I bet this whole entire episode was based around this idea of wanting to mash up these two songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good mashup. It's really
0: good.
2: I was obsessed with the Backstreet Boys. They were my first obsession before Glee for like mm-hmm. years and I still am obsessed like I'm not even gonna try to lie <laughs> and so I remember when like it came out that that was a the song they were going to be doing like I had mm-hmm. like a little mini breakdown and I was like this is the greatest <laughs> thing that ever happened to I was so excited and then basically because Finn's my favorite and so they were like Finn's gonna be doing this and I Lost it. Like, I remember calling my mom, like, almost in tears that they were doing my song. <laughs> I'm just
1: gonna thank you. awesome. <laughs> it awesome. I, you know, and I kind of missed the craze. I, you know, was in college when both of these bands were really huge, and I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm like in the school of music, and I'm too good for pop music. Right. Um, <laughs> and I, I just, I didn't, but I, yeah, I think this is a really, really great. Um mashup. I think they sound really good on it. Uh, the songs mesh together really well. Mm-hmm. So well they're both very poppy and fun and the girls
0: like freaking out or is hilarious. I mean it's a very good performance and a good song too.
1: Absolutely. Oh, I like the little moment of when um Kitty is like get on yeah. with it. Just <laughs> right.
0: Shut up, <laughs> just keep just sing.
1: Oh man. Yeah. Yep, she's like, but yeah, they do it. It's kind of funny, it kind of reminds me, which is funny because this came first, but it kind of reminds me of in Love, Love, Love when they do. I saw her standing there, and the Um, girls are all
0: dressed in like their 60s attire and they're going crazy for them. So,
1: yeah, um, the other thing that kind of stands out about this actual mashup is, um, you know, the Finn and Will are physically fighting during it, there's like little Mm -hmm. clips of that. And it kind of reminds me of, like, we've had conversations in the past about, like, the music being, like, Rachel being musically promiscuous and her singing the song with people is, like, them sleeping together. And I thought, Mm -hmm. oh, this is another time that they're using this music as a literal metaphor for these two people fighting. I just thought that was really interesting. So, Well, yeah, because in the song
0: or in the music, they make up. They, like, hug. But I don't yeah. think that
2: actually
1: happens. You know what I no. mean? Yeah. Nope. Because, yeah, they're fighting. and Sing
2: then... it out. Get over it. Let's move on. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Which would be so the mature think... thing to do.
2: Yeah. So in <laughs> Finn's mind, I think that was more from, like, kind of Finn's point of view. Like, in his mind, he's like, okay, we're done. Because there are a couple of times, even during the musical number, like, him and... Will, like, make eye contact, and you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be it. And then the music's over, and Will's like, no, and storms out.
1: Right. right. Exactly. Uh, oh, Will. I just, this is, yeah, I just can't get over how petty he is in this entire episode. And I just, after this, Will's going to take over the glee club again, and I really, I, you know, I've grown to really like Finn um, mm-hmm. as leader of New Directions, especially during these podcasts and rewatch part of it. I, you know, I've been paying more attention to it, and I'm like, this was a really good story arc, and I'm really kind of sad to see this being kind of the ending culmination of it. Right, that it didn't get to finish. It's very, it's very sad. Yeah. So, um, and. The ending of this little scene, though, is um, the Finn and Marley scene, Mm -hmm. and it's very reminiscent. They had a scene, I think, in Swan Song, maybe, or one of the early ones where she is trying to help or convince him to to keep Glee Club together. And, um, again, I like her just being kind of playing with him and saying, hey, you know what? You held the script together, and why don't you get your act together and, you know, stop She's the only one this season who's like stop screwing around and figure out what you want to do. Right. And um and so he decides to go to college because you know, unlike Will, I think Finn would be a really good teacher. <laughs> right.
0: Well, cuz teaching isn't a last resort for Finn. It's right. what he needs. Like it's what how teachers usually come to their craft. It's you figure out that that's what you're supposed to do. It's not like, oh I failed at everything else, I guess I'll just teach.
1: Mhm. Nope, and I think all throughout the series, Finn has shown better leaderships than Will ever had. Mm-hmm. Will I for- hmm that. Will is forever wallowing in his f- being a failure at uh, as a performer. Yep. So. Yeah. Well, he even says also here he's like, I didn't hire you, or I didn't bring you in because you won at nationals. As if, like, that's like a huge like thing. I don't know. I mean, maybe to on your college application that looks great, but after that, it who, who cares? <laughs> right. So it really has no bearing in the real world. No. So all right. So that's all I've got on the Finn Will stuff. Unless you guys have any more comments on that. No, I don't think so. Okay. All right. Uh, um, so then we have um, the writer versus unique and the fate start of everyone's favorite plotline ever. The catfish stuff.
2: Ugh. I honestly had erased it from my memory. And it I wasn't like to. episode earlier today. And I was like, oh, no,
0: it was whenever you <laughs> sent us the email. And I'm like, oh, yeah. no, it's the <laughs> catfish story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well to be fair we won't talk about this very long i promise uh, there's, just, <laughs> there's a couple of points that i wanted to bring up um the first being is that this you know one thing that i'm finding now that the series is done and now that you know we've moved way beyond it this catfish stuff doesn't bother me as much um it's still kind of a plot line that I'd rather skip over, but I I see kind of why they were going there. But, and even for this episode, it makes a lot of sense. I don't know why they needed to drag it out. What is this episode 16 to through episode 22? Right. Um, But then again, why did they decide to drag out the fake baby plot line all the way through? Right. Right. My issue
0: with this storyline is that I agree it was topical at the time. Uh, well, probably it still would be topical. It was topical. It probably would have been interesting. It's the execution that I can't handle. It's like I don't really believe or I don't buy that it was unique the whole time. Um, and I don't even in rewatch, I don't I don't like it. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And then, as you said, it, it went on for episodes and episodes and episodes. And I was just like, "Is are we done with this yet? I don't even care who it is at this point anymore. Mm
1: hmm. I you know, and it's interesting because I, I do wonder if they kind of were aiming at it being unique just because um, they they during, you know, a lot of the it's the writer versus unique because writer is having a hard times under a hard time understanding. Um, trans people mm-hmm. and which is understandable. I mean, this is the, the show decided, okay, we're really going to go this and I think this is partly a vehicle to bring up that conversation, which I do think is a legitimate conversation to be having um, mm-hmm. and his catfish person, you know, brings it up that hey, why don't you look at the situation this way, maybe it'll help you understand trans people better. Mm-hmm. And, which is great, but when you go back to the beginning, it's like, well, how did, like, this flirtation between Ryder and a unique, how did that start, and mm-hmm. how did, I just had all these questions, like, well, how did this begin, and why did this begin, and, you know, they the writer says, like, you know, somebody says, like, we're soulmates, and it's only been a week, right? Uh, and <laughs> so, I, I have heard in... Uh, like some third-party meta that, like Unique, wanted to reach out to somebody um, as somebody else just to see if they could, she could connect. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will probably leave that kind of deeper meta analysis on Unique and her psyche to somebody right. that probably has a better, you know, understanding of it than I do. So,
0: yeah, I uh, I would agree. I don't know if I could really deep delve very deep either but it just doesn't it doesn't enter that whole story just doesn't interest me any it didn't then and it doesn't now
1: no um yeah oh i wrote also my notes like my additional notes why is it better to combine in and complete stranger which i do think is that is an interesting point to just because you know we're we're all we all met online Right, but I don't know if I would have like legitimately told you all of my secrets. But sometimes to hide behind a non anonymity, anonymity, there we go, is better. Yeah. Um so I do, I can understand this. That, but understand that, but yeah, no, this. I'm wonder especially watching it
2: back this this time. It almost, it wasn't meant to really be like, oh, I have a crush on you. I'm going to make you fall in love with me. But almost for a way to try to get Ryder to understand her better. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then maybe the crush developed that way and then got into deep and, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. That makes know, a lot but of sense. It
2: felt like it was finally resolved. But it, I don't know if she s- started out to be like, oh, I'm going to make him fall in love with me and then I'm going to crush him.
1: No, right. I think it was definitely. I want him to understand me. This I can definitely see that. Yeah, I, I, I don't see any maliciousness in her original intentions um, with the catfish part of it or anything. Um, so, um, and yet they have the feud, and then um, they have. Um, Madonna versus Elton John and I love the moment where she's like Artie I guess mediates this because you know, right. I guess it's feud and so they decide to all take on feuds because he's like sitting there happily with a gavel <laughs> and, and and like Unique's like okay we'll do Madonna versus Elton John and I'll be Madonna and you can try to be Sir Elton but you know
0: right so, and I actually so. really like the mashup it's a good mashup I have, I own it I bought it
1: so <laughs> it's dress you up in bitches back, um, mm-hmm. which is pretty good, and um and I I do like I like that like Blaine at the end of it. He's just like, okay, guys, now we can all be happy, to get along, right? <laughs> oh
0: man, kindergartner teacher, kindergarten teacher Blaine. Exactly. Okay, everybody, now let's be
1: friends. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love him so. Um, the um, Excuse me Okay, before I mention the newbie Sticking together thing I'm going to mention Jarly really quickly Because this kind of stuck out to me When I was re-watching The plot line for weeks Has been kind of this really boring love triangle Between Jarly and Ryder I mean, yeah, Jarly and Ryder Ryder And Marley and Jake There mm-hmm. we go, Use the real names um, <laughs> <laughs> And and lots of things happen. And the thing that stuck out to me was that when Jake and Marley are having their conversation in the hallway, there's a real level of maturity about it, mm-hmm. and there's an understanding between the two of them. And then Jake's kind of like, "Well, you know what? Let's ice Ryder out." And Jake and Marley's like, "No, I can't do that." You know, and some really, there's some really, really interesting dynamics there. And I wish I cared more. Right. Like, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, there's some good storytelling here. And maybe if I had started watching it in season four and these were the people that I came in with or whatnot, but I'm like, there's some really good Jake stuff that's going on there, Marley stuff that's going on there. I mean, like, there's a really good story there. Right. I just don't I can't find myself to like be attached to it, which is interesting. I don't know. I, I would do say think the
2: parallel of the two different I don't even want to call them love triangles, but the two different accidental kisses. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. And how the teenagers are the one that's like, okay, we're going to stay together forever anyway. Nothing matters because you trust me. And the adult are the one acting like baby. <laughs> like
1: Ooh, babies. Maybe that was intentional. I never, I didn't even think of that. That's awesome.
2: Yeah, I really think that it that it plays off each other very, very well how they handle it versus how the supposedly adults handle it. Because even Mm -hmm. Emma doesn't handle it great. She obviously runs out of her wedding, even though Finn's not the reason. But then she just, like, disappears. So even she's not handling it that well. So to see the kids be like, oh, we're going to get over this and everything's going to be fine is a really interesting parallel. You know,
0: and And, I think... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and actually, I this is probably the point where um in this season where marley started to grow on me a little bit because i like the way she's like you can be mad at him that's fine but that's not who i am and i'm not gonna be mad at him just because you are Mm -hmm. so i really enjoyed that and she started to grow on me from this point but that's all i was gonna say go ahead (laughs) oh
1: no and i had like marley throughout when you take her out of the love triangle stuff Mm -hmm. i think she She's a more interesting character. Well, and after the like the opening stuff, with the whole kid versus Kitty stuff, I never really liked it either. But, um, yeah, I think it's kind of sad that this is about the time when the newbies really kind of start to click mm-hmm. um, and start to really come into their own. And this is the time, about the time also, that the show's like, okay, we're going to just wrap this up and not talk about it anymore. Right. Um, so... <laughs> um, you know, and it's interesting because they have, um, you know, they do the the um, the, uh, the uh, feud, the, the mashup, and it kind of ends with, um, the, you know, the catfish part of it telling, you know, Ryder, you may not get it. And this is when they start using that phrase, you know, it's my truth
2: mm-hmm. or it's your
1: truth. I don't know if that was a thing that, like, was... I don't know. Was that like a hashtag, Twitter hashtag or something that starts somewhere? I, or was that just a glee thing? I think it
0: was just a glee thing. I only ever heard it on Glee. All
1: right. I don't know. So, <laughs> but yeah, this is where they start using that whole this is my truth thing, which gets to writer or writer understands. And so they have this um, newbie uh, scene at the very end where they're all there and, you know, rider says, you know, may not understand you, but I'm going to respect you, which is, it's also, it's a really good message. I think it is a message that I think a lot of people it may not understand trans people. And just because you don't understand it doesn't mean you can't respect it. And, you know, that is that person, you know, unique as a woman. Okay. That's, right. you know, go with that. Um, but I, unfortunately, I think, I don't know. It just, I don't know. I, 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 like I said, overall, I wish I enjoyed everything more than I do. So. Right. <laughs> but um, And then I will say the one thing that really got to me was when Unique was talking about how she was being chased home. And I really felt mm-hmm. for her. And so they said, we're going to all, you know, band together. And then even Kitty comes in. Um, And I love, again, Kitty kind of sticks out with her humor because she's like, I don't know if it's because I'm dating a puckerman and I have no room to judge. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm going to be here for you guys, too. And I won't admit it elsewhere, but I think this is where Kitty starts to really soften as well and become um, part of the group. And uh, so do you guys remember when this scene first aired? And Ryder is like, you know, already... And and Sam and Tina and Brittany Are all going to be gone next year And everybody flipped out because he didn't say Blaine And <laughs> I don't, I don't remember yeah. that at all That's what I had, like, okay So they, yeah, basically Ryder says Names off all of the seniors except for Blaine That they're all going to graduate awesome. And everybody flipped out Because they're like, no, you cannot keep him away For another year or something like that And Oh my gosh
0: <laughs> That's awesome, I don't know how I missed it But I totally do not remember that at all Oh, I don't. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't think I even noticed it when I watched it today. <laughs> I don't think I did either. I know, um, but yeah. No, that's. Um, uh, the, yeah. I just remember it was like this huge thing, and people were like tweeting, like the C- Ryan Murphy again, and like, why did you leave Blaine out of this? Don't tell him <laughs> you're gonna leave it McKinley? And yeah,
2: <laughs> He's I don't just remember. Stay there forever, <laughs> right? Oh my God.
1: Yeah. So. So yeah, oh, he's gonna be uh, like
2: that kid in season one that keeps flunking high school to go back and play or be in Vocal Adrenaline. Oh yeah, <laughs> that, like
1: the waiter, yes.
2: and he's like twenty years old. That's gonna be Blaine.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, no. I'm <laughs> oh my gosh. So you imagine? Uh, oh my gosh. No, 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 no. Um, Okay, so let's talk about Blaine and Sue. <laughs> Uh, The first thing on my note, though, I did want to say, yeah, we we talked about it a little bit, that during the rest of all of these little plot lines with the other feuds, Blaine is very much peacemaker. He's very much, okay, guys, we're going to calm down and work this out because we need to do this. Like, you need to. Right. You're feuding and it needs to stop. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) He even wrote it on the board at the beginning.
1: You're feuding. Oh, man. Which is really funny now that I think of it, because he is in his own feud with Sue. Right. Yes. Um,
2: <laughs> but he's created on purpose.
1: Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, definitely infiltrating. I wonder. I have to wonder, though, did he come up with this idea to infiltrate with Sam after Sue kind of like forced him into it, or was this the plan all along? I think it was probably like, hey, it's
0: not. This is an opportunity. Let's jump on it. Yeah,
2: you know cause what I mean, don't... yeah, because how else would they have talked Sue into taking them back?
1: No, because she said she calls them all in. She called them both. The, okay, so they we start with the Sue in the office, and she calls them in, and she's like, "Look, basically, I need a." Um, did you say unflammable in this one? Unflammable, gay. Um, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she calls him, this is where he, she she calls him Burt Reynolds too, doesn't she, in this one? No, Burt yeah. Reynolds, does she, no, well I know she calls it. him Burt Reynolds
0: in the Christmas episode She calls him something in this one, and then later she calls him Clark, Clark Kent season Clark one Clark Kent, he calls, she calls him Clark Kent in this one, but it's in the
1: later Yeah, season. but I swear she called him something in this one too She anyway, might um,
0: too, I can't remember, but I know Burt Reynolds is the Christmas episode
1: Okay well, and she, um, so she's like, I need uh, somebody to hoist my Cheerios up because Nationals is coming up. And so you'd be able to take a look at their baby makers and without being turned on. Yep. And, <laughs> and so uh, I think my favorite part of the scene though, is when she gets up the contract. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, you know, I like that you're like, you're, you know, you, um, he, you know, you're supposed to perform with us and join all of these things, and then when she gets to Republican National Convention, he's like, nope, stop. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> You've reached my and, limits. And then he, yeah, that
2: was the final straw. Right. And then he,
1: she, she's like, well, you signed it, and he's like, no, I didn't. She's like, here, it's right here, and he's like, that's probably, she's like, he's like, that's a forgery, and he's, and she's like, you can't prove it, and he's like, yeah, I probably I could. probably could. <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah,
1: <probably. We're> good. <laughs> oh man!
2: About it. like he's just like <laughs> it's like yeah. he just like, he's crazy because he has to deal with so much other crazy.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: is just part of the course.
1: <laughs> oh man! And then um, um, this is also we learned Blaine's middle name is mm Hmm. Um, which is that was also released On social media early That um, Ryan Murphy Or somebody had asked either Ryan Murphy or one of the creators What were um, What was Blaine's middle name And and Devin was given before it was heard in, in the episode And then somebody else asked what Kurt's middle name was And Ryan Murphy answer, Answered Elizabeth So whatever you guys want to take from that they, You know <laughs>
0: I don't even know. Like, part of me is, like, did he, like, rebrand himself that and made his dad change it? Or did he have another name? I, I could honestly go anyway with that. Oh, man. Because oh. part of me can just see, like, little bitty Kurt after, you know, he's, like, 10 years old. And he's, like, listen. I don't like my middle name. I'd like to change it. Here's the paperwork. Please sign. And
2: part of me is, like, okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I'm not even yeah. gonna argue with you because I know I'll just be wasting my breath
0: <laughs> Exactly. I do have like this elaborate headcanon with Bert and Kurt about how like they would do these things in like a trade thing so he'd be like alright I'll trade you two shifts at the garage for to do the, you know what I mean like spend two hours at the garage with me and then I'll do this for you you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I it, that has neither here nor there but I can just see it in my head Yep.
1: Yeah. I can do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, also, Tina is there as well. And um, it's kind of like they hide her until they do mm-hmm. like, the reveal. Because she's like, why are you here? And why don't you go um, uh, find a new boyfriend? Maybe Lance Bass is available for you. <laughs> <laughs> or like Tina.
2: RuPaul.
1: Oh. Or RuPaul, right? Or RuPaul. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Tina. You know, you know, the crush stuff is over, but she's going to be made fun of a lot for it. Yeah, she's, the... it's
0: not over yet, really, because Sam's going to mention it again. I mean, it get men- gets mentioned quite a few times.
1: Yeah, even into season five a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, yeah. But, yeah, that's where um, Tina says, you know, you called us both down in there. So that's why, you know, she did call right like, Blaine in there. I don't know. So, But... So, yeah, and then Blaine's like, no, and then, did, is this where they say, no, it's not, it's not until later that he says it's officially a feud, but. Yeah, that's okay. later. So, okay, so then, angry Blaine, I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> Blaine you know. comes back into the office really mad, and is just waiting for it. You can just- Right. <laughs> oh, man. And he's like, it's a
2: <laughs> and I'm like, say my favorite part.
0: <laughs> Ray knocks on his gel to er, his cement head.
1: <laughs> uh, well, you know what I really like is the flashback where Becky just hands him this gel and he's like, oh, thank you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Why ways. would you? It must be Tuesday. <laughs> right. Why would you trust anything? I I don't because Blaine is naive. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Who oh, hurt No one. He's perfect. My. Oh, poor Blaine. So yeah, I can't imagine putting cement in your hair. <laughs> How do he get it out without well, it, it all coming out? Like, cause you could probably like chisel it off, or your hair would all fall out or right. something. I don't even know. Maybe it's still, maybe that's the joke that his hair is now permanently cemented like that. <laughs>
2: well, that would Aww. be him. season five episode. You seem sleeping with it in there.
1: Um, well, maybe this is the way the right, the fourth wall break that the writers were like, we're not changing it. <laughs> 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 oh man. And then we get, um, the, ruined credit. Which, mm-hmm. I don't, okay, so,
0: again, looking for logic, but is, I've always heard that that's not possible, that you can't assign an agreement until you're 18, and anything before that is null and void.
1: Yeah, but this is Sue. She's got <laughs> right. drones everywhere. She can get inside your head and record your memories. She's breaking down the fourth wall <laughs> right. left and right. So that's I'm pretty true. Sure. I don't know why I'm looking for logic. <laughs> Ignore that. Sure, it wouldn't be hard for her to to do this in Glee world, <laughs> right? Yeah, but oh, no, cool. I'm pretty sure you cannot take out a home loan in somebody else's name, <laughs> no. or thirty different credit cards. <laughs> My parents' credit is ruined. <laughs> oh man! So let's talk about the sign. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. It originally was so the sign becomes Blaine is on the bottom, but it originally was Blaine is a bottom. Yeah, and Fox made them change it. But um, I'm pretty sure we all get the meaning anyway, <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it still comes across., and well, um, I, no, I need you to explain it to me actually <laughs> Okay, so for those of you that don't know <laughs> <right>. <laughs> when you are on the bottom, we are talking sexually. <laughs> Sit down, kitties,
0: and let me tell you how gay sex works. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, where's RB when you need her? Because she right. would totally explain she it. She would <laughs> with flashcards. With flashcards. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think my favorite part though is when he says, "It's not true, not really." <laughs> right?
0: It's not true, not really. <laughs>
1: So, um, let's talk about Clain's sex life. <laughs> oh. And how they probably switch it up. <laughs> right.
0: I was gonna say that to me
1: just says that they switch it up. Yeah, exactly. So um you know, I you know, I kinda love though that there's a gay sex joke in there because you know, Glee really shied away from doing things that were too, quote-unquote, gay. Like, in mm-hmm. you know, season one, season two, they're still, like, taking it really seriously. And by season four, it really is, like, whatever, we don't care anymore. We're going to just right. go, go with it, you know? And then in season five, it's like,
0: fuck everything. We're going to do it. <laughs> it's yeah. gay, diddy, gay, 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 gay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Ryan Murphy was like, "I've been renewed for two
1: years. We're gonna say what I want." (laughs) Exactly. So, so then, yeah, we learned a little bit about Blaine in this episode, Mm. um, and and his sex life. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Oh man, that was yeah. I wonder how many of those like kids would have really gotten it. Well, you know, let's talk about Sue actually hiring a plane and put that on a plane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, oh my God. So they must have actually, that's an actual plane though, isn't
0: it? Yeah. I mean, there was BTS from the day he filmed it that I remember I'd have to dig it up and look for it, but it was a plane and it actually, like we knew what it said before
1: the was that episode the same- aired. Beforehand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wasn't that the same time that Somebody it was like around Darren's birthday and they hired a plane that said I happy think birthday, so. Darren. Yeah.
0: Uh-huh. I know they yeah. did that. It made it would make I feel like I remember that it being around the same time too. That's
2: mm-hmm. probably how they came up with the idea. They were like, Oh, that's a good idea.
1: <laughs>
2: show?
1: Well, as long as they I mean, at least they didn't put like Darren's bottom. that would have been like, you know. Right. <laughs> so, yikes. <laughs> Whatever. Um so. Anyway, back to my notes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Plain's uh, like, there's only one way to settle this. And she's like, to do a sing-off. And he's like, how did you know? <laughs> and she's like, I read it on I don't care.com or whatever she says. <laughs> Oh man And she already knows This is going to be Nicki Minaj versus Mariah Carey Which I feel bad Because I did not do my research Do you guys know what the feud was Between Nicki Minaj and Mariah Carey Oh I didn't know they had a feud
2: It started I think if I remember correctly And I'm almost ashamed that I know this It started when they were trying to do American Idol together And there were some issues With like Mariah wasn't on time, and Nikki was getting angry, and then they ended up, I think they ended up playing it up more for the show, but I think it started out just, like, Mariah being a diva, and Nikki also being a diva, and them just clashing. Like, I don't think they ever actually, like, called each other out, but it was, I think it was more media blowing it out of proportion than anything.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Mm. Now, did they actually do American Idol together? Then they did one
2: season, I mm-hmm. think. And then I, uh, I don't remember, but I think there was something where one of them may have left the season early. Huh, but I definitely okay. they they I think they did one season, and then neither one of them was
1: invited back to do the next season. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay then. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I didn't know anything, and I was going to research that before I got on tonight, and then I completely forgot, so
0: sorry. I didn't <laughs> even know they had a feud, so at least you were better than me. Well,
1: I assumed, because Madonna and Elton John did, and right. the Backstreet Boys and Nancy, they, I didn't, know, I mean, they're obviously, they're traveling the world doing songs together now, so I don't think that they ever really had one, it's just that the media was like, are you a Backstreet Boy, or are you NSYNC? Right, I, I think mean,
0: the feud with them was like, the pe- their quote-unquote fans. fandoms, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. I like InSync better. I like Backstreet Boys better. I mean, I don't... I feel like that was whenever I was, like, in junior high, high school, and I wasn't really into it. But I remember other people were, and they were intense about it. So oh, I yeah.
2: was about it. I will yeah. admit it. I was extremely... And I was in... Oh. I was in middle school, yeah. I was in junior high. And I remember, mm. like, I even so far, like, I told my friends that if you listen to InSync, we can all be friends. So,
1: <laughs> oh, no. you no. It was... Yeah. <laughs> like, oh I, man. I
2: remember it vividly.
1: Well, that's awesome. I'm glad because I, like I said, I was in college at the time <laughs> and I didn't really. I'm like, okay, there're multiple boy bands going on. Okay, right. But, you know, I just remember the media I, just being crazy about it.
2: Yeah, and there was like there was of course like I remember there being rumors like one of them, I think AJ from the your Boys supposedly slept with Chris Kirkpatrick from NSYNC's girlfriend. Like, the, the media made stuff up, I'm sure, to, like, make it a bigger deal than it really was. Mm-hmm. But, mm. yeah, it, it was intense within the fans. Like, you were either a Backstreet Boys fan or you were an NSYNC fan. You could not be both.
1: Oh, that reminds me. You know what we kind of totally talked about? Like, the clean... You know the Kurt stands versus the Blaine stands being a feud. Jeez. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. We will save that for the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but um yeah. So it ends, and this is when they get their faces. Sue and, and Blaine get really, really close, and Sue's like, "You're looking into the face of," and Blaine says, "Evil." Evil. And <laughs> which is fantastic. And she's Excuse like, "What well, I was gonna say." I was going to say a national champion, but evil is fine too. <laughs> right. I think she even thanks him. Oh yeah. <laughs> she does. I just love it. Oh, I love it. They get so, they have like a little bit of chemistry too. And it just reminds me, there's one BTS video and I have to dig it up because it's, I think it's in season six where Darren and Jane Lynch actually make out. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what the hell is this? It was, <laughs> it was
0: in season six. It was like when they would do like watching parties and like, it was, it's, um, Jayma or Jayma, it's Jane Lynch and Darren, and they're like, they're like answering Twitter questions. I know exactly what you're talking about.
2: And like, <laughs> somebody asked them to, I don't think it was their idea.
1: Like, no, was, but they, I mean, it was full on like, I was like, okay, wow, that, right? is. <laughs> that is some kissing going on there. Let <laughs> me <to> tell you.
0: <laughs>
1: and then, like, that is an image that
0: <laughs> <It was laughs> <Right. laughs> I. Have in my brain now
1: <laughs> So um, oh Let's take a second and talk About just to mention It Sue and Becky dro- dressing up As Nicki Minaj and doing <laughs> all the poses oh, that's funny. oh yeah that's cute
0: I wish that's... I knew more about Nicki Minaj I don't I like yeah. Some of her songs but I don't really know much about Her as a like a performer Or even, even a, as a person No I
1: don't really either
2: um, Jane Lynch did a pretty good job making her faces. I will say that.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, I'll have to go it's back and actually
2: legitimate.
1: look at Nicki Minaj faces. <laughs> so. Um, so, yeah. Um, then we get the mashup of I Still Believe and Super Bass. And mm-hmm. it's I think it's you know it's something that grew on me. The first time I heard it, I'm like, really, what is this? And then the more I've listened to it, I just think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It just I and can't
2: find it. I can't. I can't. Again, no. It's it's, re- even listening to it like today, I was like, you know what's funny? It's like I don't even include that. Like I have a. Blaine playlist on Spotify. That's all the songs that Blaine even has like one line in, mm-hmm. and that song is not on there. No. Really, <laughs> I,
1: I like it. I, I thought it's fun. I thought I think it's fun. I can't really do it. Like either those songs separately don't really do anything for me. Um, but having them together, they mesh really interestingly. At, at least especially towards the end. Um, and I'm like musically, I'm like this is really interesting the way they did this. <laughs> Uh, I really like I really like
0: Super Bass. There's a um, a piano cover of it that is phenomenal. If I can find it, I'll reblog it. Okay. But it's just piano. It's so gorgeous.
1: Oh wow, that'd be interesting to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so and and I I give the whole thing points because of Sue and her performance is just so over the top and so hilarious. And Blaine, it's it's kind of funny because Blaine is Mister. He he turns on the like charm and he's like. You know, Mr. Acapella Warbler mm-hmm. again for a second, and she comes out with this insanity. And then I love when he gets on stage and he's like little Blaine, trying to like pay attention <laughs> to me as I sing to you, and he does the little
0: twirl thing, <laughs> <is>
1: so cute. <laughs> and he's like, I still believe, and he's singing at her, and, just <laughs> <laughs> and you just feel so bad when you don't know what you know the first time you watch it. And we, I mean, this is one of those. I don't, We did not get this spoiled because I didn't, or at least I didn't have this spoiled for me because I did not know they were going to go this way. So he just looks so defeated and (laughs) he's just like, Poor Blaine, poor Blaine, poor little Blaine. Then again, let's, um, you know, again with Will and his teaching, he, he first of all, that he lets this happen. You know, it's not two students that are having a feud. He's having a feud with a teacher, and Will's like, okay, whatever. And then it gets done, and and Blaine's like, you know, she totally cheated, and he's still like, well, let's vote. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God, God, Will. (laughs) He's really the worst. I think this is about the time, also, that I think Matthew Morrison just did not give a shit anymore, because... He's just like whatever <laughs> Well he's gone for like the
0: whole next episode too Because I watched a bunch of episodes today And he's not in the next one at all He has the flu Yep, yep so he was, so. I think he was just done
1: <laughs> like, I'm killing the time um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, But um, Yeah and I and then You know the only person to vote for him Is um, Tina uh, To vote for Blaine is Tina and I love Thank how indignant she is about it She's like raising her hand, like, why are the rest of you raising your hand? Right. <laughs> so but yeah, that's hope that's that. So that leads us to the next office scene with Sue and Blaine. And um and yeah, she basically gives him this long speech about commitment. Does it have to do with Kurt? And the whole breakup and whatever uh, It's, I mean, it is up to you On whether you want to meta that in or not I mean, it would make
2: sense now Watching it in hindsight Watching it live When it first came out I wouldn't have got that at all
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. me neither No. Well, I remember the only reason why I bring it up is because I remember people at the time saying something about it. And I'm like, okay, I can kind of see that. I also jokingly have my own meta that this whole feud stuff is because of, you know, Sue and Kurt and their special bond. And I mean, Sue is antagonistic towards Blaine the entire time that he's at McKinley. Um, Yeah. So (laughs) up
0: until the sixth season, she's. Yeah. Not all that nice to him. No. Nope. But yet she wants to get them back together and thinks that they're. Uh, whatever. Yeah. So,
1: <laughs> well, it's all about her and wanting to be in a big gay wedding. Right. So it's. Oh, well, I don't know. I can't explain the shrine. I'm not going to explain the shrine. Anyway, <laughs> future Pam couldn't explain the shrine. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's future Pam's problem. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, it reminds
1: um, me now. of Thirty Rock. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, wait, wait, what about Thirty Rock? Oh no, it just reminds me of Thirty Rock because there's the scene where Liz and um, oh, what's the her the her studio guy's name that I can't remember right now. They're like talking about Tracy, and he's like, You realize we're gonna have to deal with that when Tracy comes back. And Liz goes, Oh, Pete, that's a future Liz and Pete problem. And then maybe
1: we'll be dead by then. (laughs) Well, then, maybe your future Pam won't have to worry about it. Um, Right. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so, um, so yeah, we get. We get Sue saying you're you know you're on the team and he agreed. I mean he kind of just walked out. What is she really gonna do to him? Right. Um, but nope. Uh, he Becky hands over the Cheerios uniform and swaps. Oh no! When it there's two parts. I'm trying to remember. Earlier she swapped him on the butt because this time she gives him a kiss. Yeah. And he's just so confused. Yeah. Right.
0: <laughs> when she swacks him on the butt or smacks. Oh, sorry. I found it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, when she uh smacks him on the butt, then he's like, Oh, like he's like so surprised that cracks me up every time. I was <laughs> sitting here watching it today and I was dying laughing, and I was like, Oh, I miss this show so much.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, this is definitely one of the crackier episodes, yeah, sure. it really is, um, and then um. There is a close-up of his butt, because, you know, we're into season four, and Darren's ass has its own billing. <laughs> right. <laughs> Featuring Darren's ass. <laughs> I mean, they don't even—before, ch- they kind of, like, you know, pan from behind, and this is, like, right up there. No. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah, I want all to think it. about this. Like, Darren, you need to stand here. We're gonna zoom in on your butt real close, okay? Right. That is a thing that happened.
0: Right. And that and the other episode where he's like leaning over. And like, can you imagine Darren? Okay, now Darren, like lean over real slow. And cock a little it. bit.
1: Because he does, he cocks his hip a little bit when they do right. that one. <laughs> Could you imagine being the director on that now? Moves about right. a little bit. <laughs> All right, we gotta get that again. Let's reset it up. <laughs> Yep, so um, so yeah, and then my favorite part where she throws a thong in his face (laughs) and he just takes it, he just takes it, hits him in his eye,
0: and he's like, whatever, we might as well do this today.
1: (laughs) I wonder what he does with the thong.
2: They had to film it. How many times did Darren have to stand there getting
1: smacked in the face with (laughs) Uh,
2: You know, you had to film it from all different
1: angles. (laughs) I wonder if Jane Lynch threw it at him or if somebody else did. It'd be kind of fun. All right, I get, you know, okay, Jane, you got to come in today. You're going to throw a thong in Darren's face for eight hours. Oh why, my gosh. Why do I not? Why didn't I not act on this show? It sounds like it would be great. <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm getting paid a hundred thousand dollars to throw a thong in somebody's face,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and watch him react to it.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! So, um. <laughs> After that is done, um, Blaine comes out. And at first he's looking all sad and, you know, puppy-eyed Blaine. And um, then he's like, wait a minute, whatever. I know what I'm doing. he's (laughs) He's like all confident now because then Sam comes around the corner. He's like, did you get in? He's like, yeah. You know, and we find out that the original plan was that Blaine was going to infiltrate the Cheerios and bring Sue down from within. Right and oh my God, did we all love that idea? At least that I did. That went nowhere. That went nowhere. Yeah. Oh that my god! Dropped
2: plot line completely. Uh,
1: and I mean, like, did they originally have a plan? Was it tied up with all the stuff that they were doing in Lights Out? I think I mean, so because
0: remember we had that like that tiny little, I think it was from a promo video where they're like interrogating Becky with the mm-hmm. toy xylophone. And <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like I feel right. like something else was going on there and we just don't know what it was.
1: Right. And in lights out, we get, we don't really get a lot of Blaine because his entire storyline is pretty much cut out.
0: Mm-hmm. And I
1: think that, but that one scene where he's like, Um, You know, I was going to infiltrate, or I infiltrated you to bring you down, but I, you know, we need you back or whatever it was, you know, was very, it's, you could, it felt very hastily written, like the Mm -hmm. dialogue part of it. Um, So, like, we was like do this plot line. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a shame of all of the dead plot lines. This one is one of the ones that I actually lament the most, so...
0: Mm -hmm. I think it really could have been somewhere really cool. It's a shame that it
1: went nowhere. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Sam had been really pretty quiet this entire episode, too. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he just kind of starts pops up and is like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, hasn't
2: involved when the seniors are talking at the beginning about the feud. It's just
1: already teen in blind. yeah mm-hmm. like sam doesn't really do much at all i'm trying to think of when did sam didn't do much in do, and i don't remember him doing much in girls and boys on film so he hasn't really done much since date diva or naked really so i don't know yeah diva i guess would be the last time and and Brittany's not even in this episode, but this is I'm this is the point where Heather Morris is really getting pregnant. So <laughs> yeah. Is it? Is she yeah. already pregnant at this oh, point? Oh yeah, she was pregnant back in around Sadie Hawkins, that you could tell oh, really? in her face. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cause I uh, well
0: yeah, okay. I remember in I do she's wearing that like roughly dress, so I assumed mm-hmm. she was probably
1: they do a fondue for two in Sadie Hawkins where her face has, has gotten quite a bit rounder and you're like, Oh right. Yeah. But they, they do a really good job of hiding it because I didn't be, know until the end of the season, I'm like, Oh yeah, Heather's gonna have a baby, and I was like, did I completely miss that? Right.
0: Uh, <laughs> Cause she's in um guilty she's got a pretty big plotline in Guilty Pleasures and I didn't notice it there other than her face does a little look a little
1: yeah. bit round. Well I think that's one reason why she's sporty spice. I mean if you'd like notice she's like wearing that like baggier clothes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So. But you can definitely tell when you get to all or nothing and when she's got, like, oh, yeah. her regional dress. <laughs> right? Or, like, the cutout
0: shirt that she's wearing. And yeah. You can clearly see her little belly poking out.
1: Yeah. Oh, goodness. So. So, yeah. Um, that is... The, the lima side ends with the group number closer. Closer. I can I can mm-hmm. speak English. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's a nice little um, It's a nice little season four group number Yeah It works for me I lo- They look like they're having a lot of fun doing it hmm So Yep All right Well, anything about Lima That you guys wanted to mention Before we move over to the New York side? I don't think so No? Just Want to make sure people are sane, <laughs> just having their peace You know <laughs> Speaking their truth if they must. Right, speaking their (laughs) truth. Um, Okay, so then we get the New York plot, and um, this is most.
0: Take a deep breath.
1: God. (laughs) Right. Take a deep breath. Take a drink. Okay. Intermission. We'll be back in ten minutes after we collected ourselves. (laughs) Right. Okay, so let's start out by saying... Okay, so they made a big deal in I Do at the very end that Rachel took a pregnancy test that was positive. And then Alder and girls and boys on film, she's like freaking out because she might be pregnant, but they don't really do anything with it. And then we get this episode and the first two minutes it's like, yeah, whatever, it's nothing. And I, you know, I don't mind it so much in the respect that Santana's like, hey, you need to stop and look at your life Mm -hmm. because I think that's relevant. However, the fact that they played it up to be such a big cliffhanger and it turns out to be nothing is kind of like, really? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I do like the role that Santana plays here because I think she legitimately comes off as concerned because Rachel has kind of just, you know, been going... Crazy in season yeah. four I'm gonna be an adult I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I'm gonna have sex With multiple partners and not care And this is all catching up to her and this is I mean they're you know Brody and Rachel Are gonna break up in the next episode anyway so this Is kind of the penultimate you know Setting the stage for that I guess
0: Right Um.
1: And and like the Couple of conversations that Santana Has with Rachel on this plot line I did like I did Because I do like uh, except for like We'll get to the Kurt stuff In a minute, but um, (laughs) I do like where she's like, "Look, you've got to slow down and start thinking about your choices." And you know, I really am here for you. I'm really trying to be a friend. And you know, I'm sad that that season five kind of took away all the positive growth that Rachel and Santana had because I think this kind of thing was really nice. They don't. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, the beginning, not the beginning, the a lot of times the girls in the original Glee club were so catty and so competitive with each other that they lost on a lot of the good female friendship moments. Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see um, that come through here a bit. So,
0: yeah, I mean, absolutely.
1: Other than Santana being curious, she really doesn't have any ulterior motive uh, when it comes to Brody, other than, you know, I, she sees what this is, what Rachel's going through and right. seems to genuinely care. Um, I want to mention how to be a heartbreaker, which is the actually open, one of the opening numbers that Brody sings. And, um, just because of two reasons. One, um, this I've heard rumor and I really should back up my sources, um, that this was originally going to be a part of the, uh, scrapped Moulin Rouge, um, episode, and this, because like if you see, watch wait, the choreography, wait. Oh. there was a Moulin Rouge episode. What? There was going to be back in that episode. Know that. What's up? Okay, game. so <laughs> way back in season four, um, I, I don't Ryan Murphy, beginning of season four or mid season four. I wish somebody that has a better memory than me was on the, <laughs> that could tell, tell about this, but he was going to do a Moulin Rouge episode, and that's when we got the. You know, um, he was mentioning that Clayne might do Come What May.
0: Right. And it was
1: going to be this huge thing. And they were also, I mean, obviously they did um, Diamond Zero Girl's, Girls Best Friend Best and Material Friend. Girl. And they were going to do um, El Tango de Roxanne, which is that, you know, for that it was going to be a Moulin Rouge episode. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, and I don't know why, they couldn't they couldn't or Ryan, it's because I'm pretty sure they couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they put most of it, they changed it to movie music, which became right. girls and boys on film. And it looks like this particular song was, um, uh, leftover like choreography or whatnot. If you, if you just watch it, it looks like what they probably were going to do for El Tango de Roxanne. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That actually just the way it's filmed and the way they're all doing tangos and the way they're dancing right. and the and there's know, the even whole that sex
0: part of it yeah and there's even that scene um from the it's actually from the movie where it's like four different people and they all close the blinds that's right. in the movie yep yeah
1: so yeah, yeah. That, is, that does make a ton of sense yeah well and also the one thing like there are a few times and it's a lot of times with the Brody or Rachel stuff that it feels not so much like a TV show. It feels like a movie Mm -hmm. um, and a little bit more adult. And this is one of those times I'm like, this feels like we're watching the opening scenes of a movie here, you know? (laughs) Right. It doesn't necessarily feel like a Glee episode. And part of that is because, you know, it's focusing on Brody who's not, you know, one of our main characters. Um, And Rachel does sing a little bit in it, but, you know, it does feel just completely different than a lot of the rest of the episode does. Right. So. And I do like that little
0: bit at the end where she, instead of singing, says, "At least I think I do."
1: Mm-hmm. Like
0: that. That was good. I liked it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For all of that, I didn't need the Brody pop plotline i mean I, I did like aspects of it and that's part of one of the aspects that i liked
1: well and i believe this is also the reveal of what he's actually doing yes it is the reveal and, and i mean you I
2: mean, see it
1: yeah well and it, i mean when you think about i mean season one would have gone there but everything after season one you know is it plays it very safe in a lot of ways and here we're going back to this like Wait a minute, so he's a male prostitute? Like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> this is a kid show. No, it's not really. But, uh, you know, just, wow. That's... I don't know. I don't know. I I do wonder... I know that there were some issues with Dean Geyer, the actor who plays Brody, and um, some... You know, he got in hot water for uh, not being very nice to people on Twitter... And I wonder he if wasn't he using some slurs too? Yeah, he was using some slurs, uh-huh. and um, I don't know if it, Brody. I mean, Brody was always going to be. There's always going to be an end for Brody. I mean, right. obviously they were always going to aim at Finchel getting back together. But I have to wonder if it was going to be something different, or if this was always in the cards, or what. So I don't know. Um, but then we get Santana button her nodes and this part of it again and she goes to Niana's one classroom and uh, sings herself some um some um Abdul. Uh, Paul Abdul. I don't know why I was blinking on that <laughs> cold hearted which I'm a little mm-hmm. sad they didn't have Brody and Santana singing a few did mashup thing but mm-hmm. whatever. whatever it is uh, weird that they're not singing a mashup since pretty much
0: everything else is although I guess technically um the first
1: one and- isn't I mean, who's actually feuding in New York? Is it Santana versus Brody? Is it Finn versus Brody? Is it Santana versus Rachel? Is it Rachel and Kurt versus Santana? I mean, is it everything is just a feud in New York. What? Right. So. Mm. Uh, so she sings Cold Hearted. Um, this is, it's not one of my favorite songs, but I think she nails it. I think she does a very good job with it.
0: Cold Hearted so. is fun to watch. It's not all that great to listen to.
1: You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to yeah.
0: skip it in the episode, but I'm also not going to download it and listen to it
1: on a playlist. Mm-hmm. Did you guys at all play the little um, app game that came out of went at, um, Oh yeah, Free forever. Oh and this was yeah. Hello. Mm-hmm. I hated <laughs> and it's this like song a by the end. Four minute song is. <laughs> oh my god! Um, but it gone to it,
2: point on that stupid game, I started listening to songs on silent. Like, I would just play. Yeah. Have, <laughs> I, I did too. If I hear the song one more time, I'm gonna scream. <laughs> there was a bunch that I
0: did that I was like, and I could get my timing better if I wasn't listening to the song. Yes. So, like, when I would do like the uh, extreme or whatever the hardest one was, I'd be like, all right, no sound, let's do this. <laughs> oh, yes.
2: off, off, baby. Oh, no. oh, I wanted to turn out Yes. Off. Uh, I felt baby. that way about Britney's dinosaur song. Like, oh, yes. I hate dinosaur too. Actually, told me that I could not play that while he was around. He got so tired of it. I was like, yeah. I can hear that song one more time.
1: <laughs> but. So yeah, that's I. I think I'll always cold-hearted for that one. I'll always connect with that because I didn't. I I don't watch this episode very often, and um, so, you know, see excuse the scene me, very often. And I'm always yeah. It's very good in context. I just it's just not a favorite of mine. But I right. you know I think if you're a Santana fan and like the song, I'm you know I'd be pretty happy with it.
0: So right, it's a good solo for her. She does a good job. Yeah, I don't really have any complaints about
1: it now what do you guys think about her basically saying you're gonna move out (laughs) like oh i i get where she's coming from but it's uh. i I, I don't know
0: part of me is like it's a tv show let it go but the other part of me is like Really? Like, you would never tolerate someone being this invested in what you were doing. You would freak out if someone went to someone you were seeing and was like, basically leave them alone. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's one. Of them, that's just an issue that I have with Santana, though. Yeah.
1: Well, I can tolerate Santana's antics more than I can, and we'll talk about Finn at the end in a minute. Oh, yeah. Like, ugh. although Santana was the one that called Finn. So it's true. Well, and it's after though, she calls him after she gets kicked out of the loft. Yeah. Though. So I, I think that, well, okay. So let's talk about the one scene that Kurt is in in this episode. Um, why are you why well, in the episode? If you're going to do that. Oh, go ahead. Before we even do that, I will say, and no
0: matter how problematic it is. She did warn him. She said, if you keep pushing this, I'll keep digging and I will find out. And he didn't believe her and she found
1: out.
2: Yeah, (laughs) she I mean, she did up front tell him.
1: Yeah. Well, and at the same time, you know, it's one thing. Rachel and Brody said they had an open relationship. And this is, you know, he was trying to cover his base. But he does. I mean, does he we don't really get to know him at all. So right. does he really want an open relationship or is he upset because he really cares about her and he has to keep lying? line? We don't really know. We never really get to see his side of this. But um, he's still sleeping with multiple women and not telling Rachel about it. Even if you have an open relationship, you should be telling your partner, right? you know, I've been sleeping with other people. I want to make sure we have safe sex, et cetera, et cetera. And he's obviously not doing that based on the conversation they have at the end of I Do. So, Right. And she's not telling him either and mm-hmm. if she's there's a
0: possibility that she could be pregnant they're probably not having consistently safe sex yep. so that's on both of them
1: yep so i mean he doesn't look necessarily look ha- like i remember at the very beginning he has all this like the short little conversation he has with his friend or colleague or whoever that you know he's like i'm just doing this to pay the bills
2: mm-hmm. and he's like yeah
1: whatever you need to sleep at night you know <laughs> like, right whatever <laughs> um So he doesn't look like he's really into it, but I feel like that's thrown in there to give him a little bit of sympathy. I I feel like, you know, I don't know. Do I need to have sympathy for Brody at this point? I don't. I don't need any sympathy for him. However, like, again, I I don't want to jump the gun too much. I do have a little bit of sympathy for him when Finn gets in there. So anyway, but again, we will save that for for a minute because we got to talk about Kurt first. So, you know... Even though I always want more Kurt in something, I don't necessarily think that he was needed for this particular little scene. It was nice to see his pretty face. But um, this scene bugs me a little bit because. Yeah, I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you about that. (laughs) I, I. It seems like Rachel's having problems with Santana. Instead of dealing with that herself, she says, Kurt, I think we need to kick out um, Santana, you tell her, (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) because she basically says Santana, we have to talk. And so she sits down and, um, then Rachel doesn't say anything. She looks to Kurt and Kurt starts saying, okay, you need to move out. Now I do think that, you know, Santana is probably not Kurt's favorite person. And she probably did go through her, you know, stuff and, Who knows? Maybe behind the scenes, she's giving him a hard time about Adam. Who knows? We don't know. We don't get to see that dynamic ever. So, But in Girls and Boys on Film, Kurt doesn't seem like he wants Brody there. In fact, he doesn't want Brody there ever in any of these episodes. And Mm -hmm. he's siding with Santana for the entire episode of Girls and Boys on Film. So for this to be... It feels a little 180 on Kurt's place. And I don't know if I can rectify that other than that's what the writers felt that they needed right and i would say
0: that i think he got kind of mm, bold over isn't the right word i want but like rachel comes to him and is like look we have to get rid of santana she went like she went to the school she's endangering our reputation like i can see a whole conversation between the two of them where she basically convinces him that this is he is invested in this too and that they need to kick Santana out.
1: Right. Oh, that's right. That's because he has that one line. He's like, did you sing a Paula Abdul song? Right.
0: (laughs) We go to school.
1: You know what I mean? Like, I can see...
0: I totally understand what you're saying, and I actually agree Mm -hmm. with you a lot, but I can also see, like, him being annoyed, like you said, that, you know, she's she did all that, she said all those things while Adam was around about Blaine and he's, she's still calling them the, um, the what does she call them, the Hardy Boys or something? Yeah. And, you know, like, and then Rachel's, like, perpetuating that, like, I'm annoyed with her, so you should be annoyed with her and here are all the reasons why. And then Kurt's just like,
2: okay, you're right. You know what I mean? Like, let's just figure out. Yeah, but at the I same, think Kurt gets to the point to where he's just tired Of almost dealing with the drama like he -hmm. just wants to sit in his apartment and eat his ice cream (laughs) and (laughs) and and watch his shows (laughs) and he and he can't do that with all three of them living there Mm -hmm. so maybe it's easier to even deal with Brody and his naked butt on the flea market chairs than it is (laughs) to deal with Hannah being loud and constantly at Rachel and vice versa Right,
0: because right, he can he can ignore Brody. It's almost impossible to ignore Santana,
1: yeah, that is a good point. Exactly. so, yeah, I just wish that we could have seen, yeah, more of the story developed. I mean, I kind this is where, you know, New York being its own little individual thing and only being able to show like at this, you know, a lot of these um episodes were Kurt's only like in one scene. It's very much about Rachel and rachel's story and and, we don't I mean there's such an interesting dynamic between Santana and Kurt and how they interact with each other and the rest of New York that it's a shame that they're so sidelined unless a special episode comes up that they mm-hmm. need to be focused in. Um, like that all changes in season five, so we know that it's possible. I just at this point, you know, we're still stuck on Rachel's drama. So Right. But um we do get <laughs> I do like, you know, something that's took Stood out to me though when watching the scene is that Santana looks Through her rage or whatever she actually does Look a little scared like mm-hmm. she doesn't Know where she's gonna be I'm pretty sure it she didn't hurt. Yeah and hurts
0: And like she's I, Genuinely hurt she's like I have love for you I don't please don't Kick me out and they're still doing it mm-hmm. But to be fair They do tell her like You either have to lay off Brody Or you have to leave And you know what I mean like Mm-hmm. If she would lay off Brody, maybe she could stay. you know what I mean? So it's Right. It's
2: i do not ever all on them. See Tina being like, "Oh, okay, I'll just lay off Brody then." Like that's
1: right.
2: just not No. If they do that, that would be so out of character. I'd be like, "Really?" Yep. The well, one I'm thing in the same
1: that- Oh, go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, the one thing that kind of bugs me, and this is just from a like a personal thing, Rachel says that Sam, that Brody was here first. Technically, he was in the apartment first, but they've known Santana for years, so yeah, really, exactly. she was there. there
1: first. Yeah, exactly, and that bothered me, too, a little bit. That's why I'm like, I had, I had a hard time with that line. Like, he was here first? Like, no, I mean, come no. on. You didn't ask, you did not ask Kurt. When Brody moved in. He just moved in. Right. And Santana... I mean, also Santana just kind of moved in. She just showed up and was like, hey, I'm here. You know? You but know. they were both
0: fitting there. Like, at least they both knew. And Rachel didn't come home. And Kurt was just like, oh, I invited Santana to come stay with us. I yeah.
1: don't know. That road I mean, well, me the wrong way, too. But, no, but yeah, it just... The whole Brody aspect, of, like, if it was a if it was a scene based on, hey, you know, you've been disrupting our lives and just about the school aspect and whatnot, we just don't feel like, you know, and Kurt even seems reluctant to even be having this conversation. I, I do think that, like, I don't know, there's a friendship there, even if yeah. it's, I don't know, there's something. I don't know if friendship is the greatest word for it, but um, I, I don't know. And then all of, I mean, it, they just... Got done with the whole diva stuff, Kurt and Rachel. I don't know. It's just it seems like tensions would be high all around, right? And and, and now I also mentioned though because of the squish timeline, this is just literally there's I do and girls in poison film and feud and bam 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 bam. It just like right within were the days of each other. Yeah. So, um, but I I. I think the ending of it's kind of funny I do like Santana's speech about you know being smarter About than you know about people but Than the two of them and mm-hmm. You know she's like I'm gonna go stay with Lena Dunham because she Has two golden globes and I'm what Access Hollywood Says street smart and Just <laughs> storms out of There I mean um,
0: like I agree I don't think she actually met Lena Dunham so like My the other
1: Part of my brain is like well where did she go Like where did she I go know that night Probably in a hotel because she that's probably the same hotel that she got, you know. Well, no, I bet you that night is when she went and figured out what the heck, um, Mm -hmm. Brody was doing. So she probably just tailed him the whole night, (laughs) probably slept in the hallway.
2: (laughs) I really wish they would have shown us that, (laughs) like with the
1: Pink Panther theme song going on (laughs) in the background. Could you imagine Santana trying to be stealthy and just like. (laughs) Oh man But yeah Um, And then I I don't know why It just cracks me up at the very end When Rachel's like I'm pretty sure she stole my my comforter And Kurt's like Yeah bitch stole my pillow (laughs) Like for him to
2: have very limited lines They gave him a pretty good one Yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh man So Okay so yeah So then we get to I uh, God I hate this scene Um, We get to the very end of this though And first of all you can tell Ryan Murphy and company was—I I I have to check to see who directed this Because for whatever reason this is shot Like a freaking horror film Like the hallway and like the You know the blinking of the person Coming closer it's very horror film Esque and you know We all know that Ryan Murphy Loves his horror stories because he's You know been doing American Horror Story For how many years now and I, I don't know if it was necessarily needed. It, it just makes... Like, for a show... For an episode that's so cracky... This comes right. out of nowhere. And it feels very disjointed with everything it's else. It's
0: jarring. Like, it's jarring anyway. But it's even jarring from the rest of the episode. hmm Yep.
1: So, we, you know... Come to Brody thinking he's gonna hook up with somebody. And it's, in fact, Santana. And he's like, you know... She's like, you know, you didn't lay off. I'm gonna expose you to Rachel... And then Finn's there and basically says, stop dating my... Does he say future wife? Oh,
2: Yeah, And yes. then
1: beats the crap out of him.
2: <sighs> Brody does initiate the physical altercation. Mm-hmm. I will say that. He does grab Finn as Finn's trying to leave the room. I'm just trying to defend Finn because I love him. But this whole scene is oh, so yeah. I just
1: hate it. Yeah, I, know. I know. And that's like I, I like I said at the beginning of the episode, I really love what Finn has grown into and and what you know, it's make even more tragic what happens with Corey because there's such a great, you know, uh, Finn had such a great story. Yeah. And um just for them to end it on this note, and you're right about how like, you know, he's now mirroring what Will was doing earlier. Yeah. And this is just horrible. The fact that he just, he, he doesn't even see Rachel. He doesn't even call. I mean, she doesn't even know that he was in New York. So he flies to New York uh, or takes the magic train, or whatever <laughs> <Right>. the magic <laughs> subway. <laughs> and I mean, he doesn't get to sing in his way to New York um, and, you know, beats the crap out of Brody threatens him and tells him to stay away from his future wife and then just leaves again. And it just, I realize also it's partly because Finn needs a place to put his aggression. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, like, as much as uh, gross as Brody is, he does not deserve that. No. Um, Nor does Rachel. I think the fact that they, it's not romantic. They're trying to frame it as, you know, him defending his honor.
0: But it's not a romantic
1: thing. Right sorry, and
0: no, I'm sorry, I was interrupting you. Do you know what bugs me more than anything? Though it happens, it's gross. I hate it. But then Rachel treats it like she was. Def- he was defending her honor. I know, and that grosses me out so bad. Like, no, that is not an appropriate thing for him to do, and you should be upset about it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, so yeah, it's it's a shame. This episode ends on such a. Depressing note with that. I know. Um, but, but yeah, it so is this,
0: like it is. Sorry, I keep interrupting. I'm sorry.
1: Jeez, how dare you? We're gonna.
0: Say I know, it. right?
1: <laughs> I will come over there. Start a Amber thing. can mediate. Let's do this. Right. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. That's good. <laughs> right, I, go I, I don't remember. No, what I was, I, was
0: gonna say. I don't. I was just gonna say it's just. It's really sad. It's such a. Funny, cracky episode that ends in such a horrible way, where it just mm-hmm. leaves a bad taste in your mouth until the next episode comes up.
1: Yep. So, I mean, and I understand they are going to break up Rachel and Brody, thank God, in the next episode. But with all of the things that they could have been doing and all the kind of fun feuds that they could have gone with, this is... Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is one of the few New York storylines I just kind of skip over a lot. So Right. I do too. Yeah. I'm I barely ever watch it. So so yeah. Um so that's the episode. Um I don't know if we want to talk, take a second and just talk about fe- feuds within the Glee fandom because sure. I and this is kind of on the spot. I didn't prepare any of this. I didn't even think about it until halfway through this podcast. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was anything. I, and I don't know, but I know that Klein fans versus Britannia fans was a thing. Yeah. Um, just because we were both struggling for more screen time. And clean yeah. versus Finchel, too, a lot. Really? So now, were there Finchel fans? Because I didn't
0: know
2: that there were. Fans. Oh, yeah.
0: There were. There were Finchel fans. <laughs> I feel like Finchel was more on Twitter than they were on Tumblr, but there was a lot of Finchel
1: on Twitter. Okay. So, um, and definitely the Kurt fans versus the Blaine fans, which is really sad. It's really sad. Guys, just, you know, it's been years later and I don't really think there's much of a, you know, feud anymore because the show ended, but, um... You can love both of them. They're both right. worth Or you can prefer one to the other, does not mean, oh, whatever.
0: I was going to say, like, you can prefer one over the other, and it doesn't make the other one any less.
1: Right, exactly. That's,
0: that's kind of what gets me. And I won't go too far into this because I could sit and talk about it for hours. Yeah,
1: but... I'm like, we, we'll just, I'm just gonna mention it. But, like, yeah, it would be a whole different podcast. We'll have to right. say that. You but know? it's just, yeah, it's like one of those things where,
0: liking one thing does not negate the other. Like you don't have to put something down The worth of the other. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to put something down in order
1: to raise something else up. Right. And I think it's unfortunate that I think at the heart of it, everybody was just, you know, really wanting their character to have more story Mm -hmm. and more development and everything was sacrificed at the altar of Rachel Berry yeah um and sue (laughs) yeah for
0: weird reasons rachel and sue like why whatever
1: yeah we can understand when will was the main character you know in the first three seasons that you know that's what it was but uh when it became the rachel berry show and everyone was fighting for scraps um Mm -hmm. i can understand why people were getting upset but it's it's kind of weird to come into a fandom from from my point of view which I, I you know I was in the Office fandom before and the couple was beloved and that we both loved both characters very much and mm-hmm. to come into an, a, a you know where you know they hated each other I just didn't it didn't make sense to me so um right I'm glad we are past the days of feuding because I think that it wasn't just that I mean we I'm pretty sure Fans of You know, there were writers fans Versus the non-writer fans mm-hmm. um, There were just Lots of little feuds in this particular fandom And I'm I'm kind of glad we are past all of that So Are so. we
2: past it though? Because I still see stuff Every once in a while Like, oh, please stop Oh
0: no I don't think it's nearly as bad as it used to be But there, no. I mean no. And people are always
1: going to have arguments. Yeah.
0: But. People are always going to have arguments and they're always going to have their opinions. And most people are always going to think that their opinion is right. And mine so. is. So
1: exactly. <laughs> so is mine. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, listeners. Jeez. <laughs> well, you're going to start a whole new feud, right. and
2: everybody's going to be after you now.
0: <laughs> Way to go. You just started a new one. <laughs> Me
1: versus my listeners. Let's go. Right. <laughs> Oh and man, get a mediator in here. <laughs> oh man, that'd be kind of fun though. Just as an aside, to do it. But, okay, so um, if there's nothing else, I guess I'll wrap this particular up. This particular one up. Um, I want to thank you guys for being very peaceful on a feud podcast. Um, I, next I, time, I, we're just gonna have to get in giant arguments. If you interrupt me one more time, we will. I'm kidding, right? Totally no. kidding. I'm shaking my <laughs> fist at you, but you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so join us next week when we get into a little guilty pleasure. Oh, yeah, love it. So it'll be great. And uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic Sunday. So peace out. Finally found you,
0: my missing puzzle
1: piece. I'm complete I was just